Howdy, CM Life listeners. This is Adrian Head, a news editor. This is Sarah Roebuck, the multimedia coordinator. I am also here. I am Malachi. <laughs> Malachi Barrett, news editor, rounding out the team here for Academy season with uh, CM Life on iTunes. About to hit it out of the park. Yes, we're about to hit it out of the park today with uh, six different categories, mostly the, the deeper categories, a lot of technical categories, sound mixing, mm-hmm. screenplay, uh, production design. You got that right. Well, Sarah, let's get it started here. What's uh, What are we tackling first? All right, we're going to tackle the original screenplay here. We've got Birdman, okay. Boyhood, Foxcatcher, The Grand Budapest Hotel, and Nightcrawler, which I have seen all of these movies. Um, so, Sarah, so right out of the gate, which, which, uh, which one do you think uh, should win? What do you think had the best screenplay? Original screenplay? What? In my heart, I feel like Boyhood should win because... Alternative storytelling format. Yeah, yeah. and at 12 years, like, that's actually really hard to keep up with, like... Yeah, that was quite a screenplay he's been working on. It's kind of something he's been doing for over a decade, working yeah. on that screenplay, so... So, screenplay is not strictly script, right? No, it's... Yeah. What do you mean? Basically, yeah, it's the screenplay, <laughs> you it know, is, the script, this the is like, It's like storyboarding it's and storyboarding. all that stuff, right? Yeah, 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 it's like, and when they mean original screenplay, they're talking about, like, it it's was never a book, it was never, never a story based on anything. or anything. It okay. was their so completely some, new we idea. We have some pretty unique um, entries here. Uh, Birdman, obviously, is a very strange movie. Well, I think it's hard to control or compare original screenplay of a movie like Boyhood with, you know, a more traditional film, because a lot of what happened in Boyhood... I don't want to say wasn't scripted. I, I mean, yeah. there was, was the, there was the frame of it, you know sure. what I mean? But I, I don't think the same level of, uh, I mean, the minutia of a script like Boyhood and, you know, Birdman are very different, yeah. you know what I mean? That's true. Everything in, in Birdman is extremely deliberate. I think the Boyhood is kind of the, uh, you know, the wild card of this category. Um, yeah. All the others, Foxcatcher, Grand Budapest, Nightcrawler, Birdman, those are, you know, traditional movies with characters and scripts, actors playing these characters. Boyhood more, boyhood, more of an original, more, of, more almost more of an innovative take on the screenplay itself. I would, I would call just the film just very experimental in the first place. Almost give it positive marks for being innovative. It and did. Different. It did win the Golden Globe for the original screenplay. Right. Um, Not just Nightcrawler. the screenplay itself, but the format of the screenplay. Right. Right. I mm-hmm. very unique. I kind of hope Nightcrawler though? wins this category. Yeah. Um, the Tell movie was really creepy. And <laughs> tell um, us a little bit about the screenplay, Nightcrawler. I'll tell you about it. it. Oh, um, well, basically, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is the main character, and he lost 30 pounds for this part to make it look like a starving, like, crazy man. Maggie Gyllenhaal needs to lose 30 pounds. That's his sister. (laughs) (laughs) That's why he said it. She ruins Um, Batman for me every time. uh, I just don't think she's attractive. uh, Okay, anyway. That's a bit Um, of a tangent, but I happen to agree. Well, I normally don't like Jake Gyllenhaal because he does this um, acting tick where he squints his eyes a billion times in a shot. If you watch, um, especially in Prisoners, it's really bad. His eyes are just... It's bad. Um, it's it's his acting tick, but well, that's um, into the acting. But what about the screenplay? The screenplay, though, he was just—it was just so crazy because um, what they mean by Nightcrawler is somebody that goes out and is like a freelance videographer and goes and shoots these news scenes and then sells it sure. to the news. Yeah. So, um, Dan Gilroy, who wrote Nightcrawler, uh, had a lot of knowledge on just how in-depth you have to go to get that best shot. And it's mm. just like, 
Right, he kind of wrote from his own perspective. Yeah, that which was, interesting. was very interesting, I think. He had a lot of authority with that. Yeah. You could kind of tell the authority, the, the knowledge of the person who wrote it. Exactly. So that's good, a very informed screenplay. Um, Grand Budapest Hotel, a little bit of a strange movie. A lot of people, from what mm. I heard, couldn't really follow it. Yeah. Uh, maybe the screenplay left a lot of holes. It's another it Wes Anderson film. Wes Anderson's kind of out yeah. there, kind yeah. of leaves a lot of gaps. A um, lot of big holes in this movie. I'm sure movie you can accommodate all. him. You can give him accommodation for the visual effects and the, the set design and the acting. But sure. screenplay, not I don't screenplay. know. I'm not so, I'm not so sold he, he on his abilities. He always intends when he makes these movies that they're going to be understood with subsequent viewings. You know, I think mm-hmm. as an auteur, I, I'm you know assuming you can qualify Wes Anderson as that. That's pretty generally accepted, right? He's an auteur. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he controls pretty much every aspect of production. Everything's extremely deliberate, which means that there's a lot in there that I think audiences. Um, probably missed the first time, like you were saying. You know, a lot yeah. of people came out of this movie and okay. weren't 100% on the same page. So maybe it's Does that make it a bad screenplay, though? I think the opposite well, of that. makes honestly. it better. Replay value. Right, absolutely. Something oh, you can watch over and over saying. and some, a screenplay you can enjoy repeatedly. Mm. Foxcatcher, that's kind of... Isn't that a based on a true story? That's, that's a true story, yeah. 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 I, was uh, How can that be original screenplay, then? Well, I, it's not based on a book or anything. I don't think... Yeah, like, uh, I know that the, um, the brother did write a book, but... I think the screenplay was just um, inspired by it, not necessarily went off of the book, okay. if that yeah. makes sense. So I think I that suppose. that's kind of what... I'm not sure, okay. but... Okay, so that, that's not quite... That story itself, I mean, when you say original screenplay, the originality is a little bit lacking in Foxcatcher. I found Foxcatcher yeah. to be really boring. Me too. Oh my gosh, it moved so slow. Yeah. Just, just narratively happened. too. Yeah, I mean, it just kind of ended weird too. In the beginning, it? you could kind of tell the way the movie was going to... Okay, right. this is a weird dude, okay. and the other guy's, you know, trying to get to set. So I, I, st- I feel like it was very by the numbers. I didn't think there was really much there that was... From a writing perspective, you know, really yeah. grabbed me. I got bored. Birdman, the dark comedy, probably. I'd say Birdman, probably next after Boyhood, but I'd have to give this one to Boyhood. Just you think for so? the innovation, I the agree. original. It's original screenplay. This isn't just an original screenplay. This is a screenplay that was created in a, with an original, innovative, unique mindset. Something yeah. I don't think we've really seen that much. I'm glad that this movie came out the way that it did. I think it really had the potential to be a huge failure. You know what it happens? It did. What yeah. happens yeah. if you know the kid doesn't want to do it anymore, or maybe right. he gets hit by a truck, or something? I mean, who knows? But yeah, I think they took a really big risk, and uh, they've been rewarded for that. And uh, I just I don't know if you can give original screenplay to Boyhood. I, I just feel like a more traditional script. That's true. Get it's not really a fair competition when right. Boyhood can do something so out of the box, and then you got these other movies that are sticking to the basics and the tradition. Well, and not to mention that uh, Richard um, Linklater uh, was able to change the script and make it better mm-hmm. as the years went on. So sure, like, he had a lot of time to work not. on it. That's true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also, fun fact about Boyhood: um, his daughter uh, that plays is plays Sam in the movie, mm-hmm. and the whole movie was. Um, inspired by her, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of interesting because so, it's a not actually really about her at all. But well, it's a fact, yeah. though. Jury's out on the yeah. fun, fun fact, though. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, moving on. <laughs> so, um, adapted screenplay. We have American Sniper, Imitation Game, Inherent Vice, Theory of Everything, and Whiplash. Um, I've got to go with American Sniper on this one. I no. just thought the... The adapted really? screenplay, yeah. I mean, it's it's a great book, you know. And but I think that the way they adapted it was very not different from the from the book itself. It's very different from the book. It was, well, it was adapted in a unique way. Okay, I guess I see what you're saying, but when I think of an adapted screenplay, I think of more of the sticking to it. How close um, did it stick to it? Okay. Yeah, which I would go with theory of everything, which I haven't read um, Jane Hawking's book, which the 
thing is based off of, but Jane Hawking was very involved in this movie, mm. which you could say the same for American Sniper because Taya was involved with the making of the movie. Yep. Um, but she said that uh, Felicity Jones really captured the way everything was, like how everything went when she was going through it, and mm. she said that the script really uh, helped to get their story across, and it just makes me feel like... Really have it in for those uh, old scientists, huh? Yeah. Couldn't talk you out of it last time. No. Nope. I don't know. <laughs> I think American Sniper is just such a good example of, one, like you were saying, a, an adaptation of something and really applied well in film. Because really that's what adapted screenplays should be. They should take elements of a book and a, you know, Make show it, it in a visual format in a way that the book could never achieve. And I think American Sniper did a very good job of that. And it was just, I think it was a really good example of just a case study of a character. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why it was a little bit different than the book. The book, uh, I mean, he, the author, uh, Chris Kai, was pretty unrepentant uh, in his, uh, you know, kill count and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And the, the movie explores issues of PTSD a little bit more than I think. Okay. I don't think that he really struggled with that in real life as much. Okay. Um, but I think, you know, in terms of what the category should be, American Cypher does a good job of, you know, adapting the screenplay and elevating the medium in film, you know, the way it couldn't have been done. Right. In a in a book, you it's know, it's almost like you don't even you could read the book and movie like together and get get more out of it as a package. Yeah, and get yeah, different. I think it works, works well with the book. Yeah, theory of everything. I feel like it's just sort of just a traditional way of just putting the book on film. Yeah. Or Although right. I don't know. Well, I mean, any, but any... the cinematography is what really makes. I'm telling you, this movie is like this is a um, adapted screenplay though. So this is not I... cinematography. Well. The, you could argue the same thing for American Sniper when you're talking about strictly the screenplay. It's pretty traditional that the like the way things happen. Definitely. It's traditional. I guess we're talking you... about with American, Sni- uh, American Sniper is that the the visuals play more into the psychology of the character than maybe the book did. Well, again, screenplay. I think I think what we're arguing about here is visuals what the emphasis of where the category. Okay, so I feel like we're putting more emphasis on the adaptation part of it. Sure. And maybe you're putting more emphasis on the screenplay part of it. I guess to win this category, does it have to be a better adaptation, or does the screenplay just have to be better on its own? And, where you know it couldn't win original because it was adapted, you know, so the adaptation has got less focus. I don't know how do they judge the category. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't Does know. I'm sense? not them. That's a I good question. A I guess. Yeah. Uh, I would just judge it on the way that they've adapted. Are they adapting it to the to screen in a way that shows the book visually, or are they adapting it in a way that adds more to the story? I think it's American the Sniper. I think added more to the story. I think what they're talking about is more about the story not so much the visual effects because they have other categories for cinematography and visual effects so i think when they say screenplay they're talking about the story how well is the story portrayed throughout the movie kind of thing are there any uh anyone any other films on there that you think are contenders um whiplash i um the movie's kind of hard to watch i don't know if it's just because it reminds me so much of how it actually is in the arts. Um, if you haven't seen Whiplash, it's basically about an abusive um, musical director. And when you are very serious about the arts, it, people can get really scary. And I thought that it did a really, really good job about showing that and making you realize, oh, it's not just all fun and games when you're playing in a band because it's actually really hard work and hmm. um, like they focus a lot on the emotion um, 
emotional distraught that he goes through and he's like practicing so hard his fing- his hands are bleeding from the drumsticks and Jeez. like wow. he gets a cymbal tried to that sounds like a pretty head. good one too. It's pretty, you know, you talk about good. you know visually conveying the yeah. pain and agony of being a drummer in a band. Yeah, so. speak to that. So these are uh, what was Whiplash based on? Was that a book or? A it was. I think it was a book. I'm assuming all these are probably books, right? Yeah, Whiplash is actually the name of the song that he continues to play because mm-hmm. he keeps saying "match my beat, match my beat," like that's like the whole thing. Okay. But, Interesting. Um, cool. So so it sounds like we got American Sniper, Whiplash, perhaps Theory of Everything. Um, guys contenders for this award i think inherent vice is just a little too goofy to get this oh i know yeah. well yeah. and look at the that contenders like all of them are extremely serious like emotional stories and then there's inherent vice so which is really relatable yeah yeah well i okay. guess now that we were talking about the visual aspects we can move on yeah uh, exactly something we're all chomping at the bit to get to the visual <laughs> yeah. achievement and visual effects now we have captain america the winter soldier which mm. was out a long time ago yeah yeah geez. it was um, a summer release right Da- summer Early release. Summer. Yep. Dawn of the Planet yeah. of the Apes. Around Guardi- the same time, pretty much, yeah. Around yep. the Apes, yeah. 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 Guardians of the Galaxy. Also. Same time. Interstellar recently came out. A name not on these. Uh, and then, this list maybe as much as it should be. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. It, it, a lot of people feel like Interstellar was snubbed, sent down to these technical <laughs> categories. Usually, that's where Christopher Nolan um, wins out the most. Um, then also X-Men Days of Future Past, which... Mm. Uh, so, we, so we got a lot of Marvel movies here, a lot, lot of superheroes. A lot of licensed films here, you know, Captain <laughs> America, Planet of the Apes, Guardians, X-Men, you know? Yeah. Guardians, um, okay. All these have source material that they can base it off of. You know, all of these are based off mm. of visual effects that have already been created. That's a good point. Right. Yeah, even a film like Interstellar has uh, nods to 2001 a Space Odyssey. It does, and, you know, it, it does. Kind of builds on the visual narrative of maybe some earlier sci-fi films, you know? Sh- sure, but, but you know, the, all these comic books and movie movies, you know, comic books, mo- yeah. movies, they, um, they, they, they've all been done before, visually. Interstellar, he pulled a lot of that out of thin air, just out of his own innovation, maybe based it off a little bit of Stanley Kubrick. I don't think uh, cinematography-wise. I think just maybe in terms of theme, yeah. I think as far as visual effects are concerned, yeah, he, he probably went. And it was very strong. It was it was it was just hypnotizing to watch some of yeah. those effects as they're going through the black holes and stuff like that. Stuff that I've never seen in a movie before. Well, I'm trying to think here. Okay, so when you're looking at achievements in visual effects, each one of these movies should really have like an effect that you really remember and really kind yeah. of blew you away. And for Captain America, Guardians of the Galaxy, and X Men, I really can't think of anything because a lot of it was either like explosions or like guys who can cool shoot lasers. Suits. Well, yeah, that's the like thing that. about scenes. Guardians of the Galaxy is the visual effects were also makeup. Like most of the characters were covered in strictly makeup, not any um, mm-hmm. CGI, which is awesome like that is crazy well, the black hole in interstellar was created using mirrors it wasn't even uh see that that was very not as much cj as i think a lot of people think as well yeah. you know nolan's really into those practical effects i'm really a proponent of practical effects well and here's the thing achievements in visual effects does the achievement come from the challenge of creating something like that where that's you know mirrors and it's different yeah or does it come from guardians of the galaxy where essentially the entire set is a green screen and there's people you know working hours and hours to slavishly create all of these really detailed visual effects i'm not really sure i guess um, it just kind of is the proof is in the pudding you know the end result yeah. what what was the most satisfying as a, as a viewer with x-men i've seen x-men before right that didn't really blow me away there's okay there there's wolverine again there's magneto right. They kind of look a little bit different than the comics because they're trying to make it look more realistic. But sure. you know, there, plus there's already been like five movies and they've looked pretty similar as far as an achievement. You know, if there was an achievement to be had with X Men, it would have happened in the first couple movies. <laughs> yeah, um, Captain America also a sequel. We've all seen Captain America. Mm, yeah, not Plan- impressed. 
the Planet of the Apes. That's that's the one. I mean, you know, Planet of the Apes won out really good with when they when they, when that movie first came out for yeah. visual effects back in the seventies. The original Planet of the Apes making the apes talk, um, using practical, you know, animatronics and stuff like that. Here right. it's the CGI apes. Well, okay, here's the one that I was kind of hanging out on cartoon talking apes. About. Cartoon apes, sure. A lot of this was uh, was mocap work, though, and mm-hmm. I think the I, people are starting to kind of realize that Andy Serkis is, can be considered, you know, uh, an actor on the same plane as people who aren't playing monkeys or robots or whatever, you know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. because he does such a good job of uh, of mimicking apes. So I think, in terms of that, I don't know much about the way that monkeys look when they talk. You know what I mean? They don't. Right. Yeah, <laughs> they don't. It's just so that was kind of cool. He, he, they humanized the monkeys. These are yeah. more evolved. They're more humanized monkeys. You know, I mean, as far as like an animated look, I mean, it was pretty solid. But yeah. other than that, like, go. Just the. <laughs> Every, yeah, whenever Caesar talks, it's awesome. Go. I mean, um, yeah. How do you? I think it's a pretty good, you know, huge achievement to make a person in rubber balls walking around like an ape translate to film like a very yep. realistic believable mm-hmm. ape one of the most you know if you compare that to the movie you know Avatar when that came out yeah, I look like that looked like a video game you know it looked like a Playstation 2 graphics or was it <laughs> Playstation 4 graphics yeah, yeah. Um, very different and there's even a video game you know that Avatar video game looks just like the movie I mean those oh, yeah. effects weren't that they weren't that that different from you know they weren't that realistic. Mm-hmm. Planet of the Apes. I mean, I I mean I, I really thought they stepped it up with the fur and the hair yeah. and the expressions, and um, yeah, I thought it was a very solid. Um, well, even in Avatar, of a lot of the uh, a lot of the praise came from making the digitized faces look good. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, and they were okay. Pe- people weren't saying that the effects of like the ships or the planet was what blew people away. I think in this case and in Avatar's case, it came from taking human actors and turning them into something non-human on screen and making that believable. I think that's a pretty big achievement. And the environment of Planet of the Apes, you know, with the, right. the, the buildings and the, the village that they had. I uh, mean, yeah, I guess pretty, I didn't even think about it. Yeah. It was pretty solid, you know. I would say that's a toss-up between Planet of the Apes and Interstellar, yeah. honestly. I yeah. mean, the, the other Marvel movies are Marvel movies. They just look like comic books. I don't know. Nothing yeah. really too exciting yeah. there. Yeah, it's already been done Yeah, in comics. So what does that add to it that the comics don't already have? I don't know. Sir, what do you think? What do you mean? Like I, know I that told you're not very you excited that, about this. No, I'm not. Visual I, effects? Come on, Sarah. No, I'm not excited about your um, opinions. <laughs> <laughs> Guardians uh, of the Galaxy. I yeah, I was after I learned that um, it was mostly makeup creating the effects. That's just crazy to me. Um, yeah, stage makeup is really hard, and especially when people are sweating and moving around and yeah, smudging. True, like they were, did a good job. Yeah, they had Batista in there, you know, former X-Men. world heavyweight champion. Yeah, shirtless the entire movie. Winner of the Royal Rumble. That must have been tough to get. <laughs> yeah. And was, if X- uh, I'm just to interrupt, really, like his yeah. tattoos in that movie. Um, Who's? Drax the Destroyer. Oh. Uh, okay. Batista. Yeah. Batista. So that was makeup. Were those like things that were applied in post, or what was? Because some of that looked like pretty thick. So I, I don't know. It must um, have taken a while. He does have tattoos in real life. Yeah, but yeah, he doesn't have Drax the Destroyer tattoos. That no, they usually do that all with makeup. I know. Um, when I was on set for Low Winter Sun, they would um, color in tattoos with red and green mm. and take them out during post, so I'm guessing mm. they kind of do the same thing Interesting. for tattoos. Okay, so we can definitely agree that Guardi- uh, Captain America and X-Men oh, are out. Oh, yeah. Those, no. we got Interstellar, <laughs> Guardians, Dawn of the Planets. Now, the thing about Guardians, yes, it's based on a comic book, but not one really we've seen very much. Mm-mm. You know, not a very famous comic, so 
for them to take that and, and, and mold that into something that was visually appealing, I think it does mark an achievement as well. All these locations, all of the aliens and everything right. were, were new to most audiences. The futurism yeah. in it was pretty unique. Yeah, I agree with that. Almost more so than Interstellar, which was sort of like a lived-in old old world future. Yeah, but I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy, the, the Marvel Cosmic Universe, the visual narrative for that has been set by Jack Kirby. That's true. As far back as like the 70s and 80s. Right. So, I mean, there was definitely a language that they were following with that. Right. I and guess, I guess none of the Planet of the Apes future destroyed cities kind right. of a locality. Plus, these apes done. have been done, and there's there was uh, the the other the what was the, the Planet of the Apes movie that came out a couple of years ago too. Yeah, James mm-hmm. Franco. Rise of the <laughs> Rise of the Planet, Planet of the Apes. Apes. So to me, the reason why I would give this to Interstellar is because I think that those visuals are original and unique. Have never been done before. weren't building off of really anything. Maybe a little bit of Stanley Kubrick, but you know that was 1970. You know, it wasn't right. that nearly the same uh, production. Mm. So mm-hmm. I, I would have to give this one to Interstellar just for the how unique it is and how new. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I would argue uh, if you're trying to see where kind of that like 2001 maybe Star Wars Star Trek influence, it probably influenced Guardians of the Galaxy more than Interstellar. You know, that's that true too. Yes. So. Okay. Cool. Well, moving on to a different achievement category, we have sound editing, which I actually had to look it up exactly because I thought I knew, and I was actually right. It's um, it's where sound editing is the creation of an audio landscape. So you make these up from scratch. So okay. this is so they don't really specify exactly what they are talking about, but I'm like. First on the list is American Sniper, so I'm guessing this is gunshots, maybe? I'm yeah, not sound sure. Effects. I'm going to have to give it as well, again, to Interstellar. I think so. Movie blew me away. The tones, the voices of the of the robots. You had the little robots running around. They, they had cool voices. Well, well the, the rest of the movies on this list are also Birdman, Hobbit, and Unbroken. So we've got two war movies, and... Oh, three, really, because Hobbit, The Hobbit is... Oh, the Hobbit's amazing, too. I mean, the songs in The Hobbit, the the, 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 the swords chinking. The yeah, that is a lot of, like, metal things to keep track of when you're in the editing booth. A lot of, a lot of sounds in The Hobbit. Battle right? of Five Armies. I mean, essentially, in this movie, there's... Like, the whole thing war. is the battle of these armies, you know, yep. and... Uh, it was really logistically planned out. Uh, Peter the, Jackson's set notes, if you can look that up online, I've seen some of that stuff where he, you know, very deliberately for like each minute that goes by in the movie where each of the armies are and yeah. what they're doing. Yeah. So, I mean, to keep track of that. And then for sound, I mean, you got to come up with a unique sound for each of these armies. Mm-hmm. You know, what their armor sounds like, it's different thicknesses and thinnesses. With their animals, their voices. They're riding. Right, yeah. So that's a lot to throw in the mix. Um, mm-hmm. Especially having such a diversity of characters, from the dwarves to the elves to the orcs. Yeah, and then there were like goblins and different kinds, yeah. of, and then you know Those dragon. Little, and all Lord that. of the Rings has has always been you know great for that kind mm-hmm. of thing for all these different characters and the different sounds they make. Um, That's so. Um, I mean, I think the Hobbit was a good one. Um, I don't really think Birdman. I mean, yeah, Birdman, they just really loved Birdman. I don't. It's one of those movies that's like made for Oscar season. You know, it, it comes really out right was. at the beginning. It's like sort of a depressing. Kind Dark of, comedy. It's about, it's about actors, you know. Yeah, yep. those always it. do big. The actor, a couple yeah, years ago. It's, yep. That always, you know, irks me. Movies like, about movie making. Okay, the yeah. only thing about just masturbatory. You know? The wow, um, the Birdman. Uh, the whole thing <laughs> about it is there. that you guys are so weird. Well, okay, Sarah's blushing. I am not. Okay, Birdman. <laughs> just um, 
they're long shots and like the way it was edited it makes it look like it's a continuous shot throughout the whole movie mm-hmm. which is actually really distracting to me but that's why they loved it so much but sound editing yeah does that affect no, the sound i don't think so i'm pretty sure that the reason why is i don't even know i well, don't know okay I so we got you. our two war movies then uh, uh, american, american sniper, sniper and unbroken right mm-hmm. american sniper I mean, I don't know. I've heard gunshots in movies before. I don't yeah. really know what a good gunshot sounds like versus a bad one. It seemed very realistic, the war sign. It, it, to yep. me, it was a lot like Black Hawk Down in some parts, you know, where there's just, like, constant gunfire, and I don't know. It was, it was a little boring to me. The sniper sounds were cool, I guess. Sure. You know, some, they had silenced weapons. Sometimes that was interesting. Uh, but it didn't really do anything new. Yeah, yeah. Nothing yeah. you hadn't heard That's before. True. Right. I mean, I, I mean, I give all these films credit for making sounds from scratch, but... I, although I will say that, you know, you brought up an audio landscape, and American Sniper was extremely tense at times because of the, the sounds that they used. That's you know, true. When he's got the put you right in that environment. On a, yeah, when he, you know, you feel like you're in Iraq and you might have to shoot this kid because he's got he, a grenade. You hear right. the breathing, you know, the heavy breathing. The, yeah, they put a That's lot of emphasis true. on breath, you know. Mm-hmm. The, the snipers shoot in between the breaths and the second, between the second. I so, that was really that's a really good point, good point though, because yeah. they yeah. Help, the sound really tells the story, but that's the thing with Interstellar is that was this whole thing was that sound was used to tell the story. Like, that's the whole reason that Hans Zimmer wrote yep. the... Gotta give, it my, gotta give credit to my boy Hans. <laughs> I do love Hans Zimmer. I actually just figured out that he did Spirit, you know, the horse movie. Yep, the cartoon one. I had one. no idea that that was Hans Zimmer. Oh, yeah. Which is why I love that music so he's much. Done a lot of movies. Yeah, so he, um, I know that Nolan and uh, Zimmer really wanted... Yeah, they, they hooked up, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, Professionally. Oh, sorry, I was blushing again. <laughs> so... So we're going to go We're gonna go American Sniper Interstellar for this one, it sounds like. Uh, maybe yeah. The Hobbit, uh, maybe a wild card with The Hobbit. The Hobbit was yeah. a lot of... Yeah, I guess it, it gets confusing when you have a ton of sounds that you have to put together, but... Sixth movie, though. They, I mean, they've, it's been pretty good the whole way through. I don't know what they did that the first Lord of the Rings didn't do. I'm just thinking in terms of, like, the achievement. It just seems like a huge task for that it's battle. It's very complicated you know? to focus on that many characters and have well, such... Whereas, you know, I would might want to give it to Interstellar or American Sniper because of the way that they used sound to, the story. to affect yeah. the audience. You know, The Hobbit, they weren't really using sound to affect the audience. They were just like, well, this guy's going to get hit by, like, a sword, so we got to figure out how that sounds. So yeah, as just far to as complete it, the picture. I yeah, mean, a lot, secondary. Of these, a lot of these are just so subjective in what you consider an achievement, you know what I mean, or, or what this category is supposed to mean. And I think that's what's kind of, like, really breaking my heart trying to pick some of these right now, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it sounds like we're in between American Sniper and Interstellar. Okay. Um, so those will be all two, our two contenders for yep, sound editing. Yep, those are our contenders. We want to achievement in production design. Now, Sarah, you're going to have to lead us through here because um, right. you know all about yes. production design. So here we've got uh, Grand Budapest Hotel, Imitation Game, Interstellar, Into the Woods, and Mr. Turner. Um, I'm just going to say it right now. I haven't seen Mr. Turner. So I actually have not heard of that. I don't know what that is, so I'm sorry ago. if that seems unfair, but... Um, the other movies I've definitely seen. Um, Grand Budapest Hotel. Seth Anderson puts a lot of emphasis on production design. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Uh, I, mean, like, I, I think so. I think that's the cinematography. You know the way that everything looks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, did he achieve it though? Because in, in, in he didn't achieve it. I don't. You think. didn't think it was his best? No. 
I really didn't like this movie. You like Dar because the mo- so movie like weird. Darjeeling Limited. You guys seen that Darjeeling Limited? No. Wes Anderson, mm-hmm. where they hand painted. It's about these trains in India, and they hand painted these trains with these crazy oh, patterns. Oh, I did hear. Yeah, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, that was said that. that was something. But That's Grand crazy. Budapest Hotel. I'm I'm not sure. I mean, it's, it's, it didn't quite do it like that. No. Um. You had um the Life Aquatic, you know, with all these different rooms. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. I'm actually kind of surprised to see Imitation Game on here because, um, I mean, I don't know why um, it's there. I love the movie, but I I guess I don't see what the Academy sees for production. But Into the Woods, now, that was intense. Um, I don't know how they did Into the Woods, but there was a lot of special effects and Obviously, it was in the woods most of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they did. I, they had to have gone to England to film some of the castle scenes because I recognize some of the stuff. But um, I see why that one's on there. Like there were so many different sets for this movie, um, which is kind of why Interstellar. I don't. I don't know if it would win because there weren't a ton of sets. Right. Like there weren't a lot of different scenes in right. this movie. It was all. There was about six. Yeah, so... There was, like, the um, like the house where he lived, you know, in the town. Yeah. There was, like, the, the sort of the space station. There was the ship. There was the alien worlds. Yeah. I don't know. I thought Interstellar was great because, you know, there's a lot of space movies, a lot of sci-fi movies, and they always kind of look the same. Never really pushed the envelope to them. I mean, it's hard to when you're talking about right. designing right. the future. What would the future look like? I thought the futurism... And Interstellar was was mind blowing. Was different than anything I'd ever seen before. Yeah, it was that's a space movie. that's true. It just um, that was like the whole movie. That was the whole movie, though. Yeah. That's why I kind of am leaning more towards um, Into the Woods, just because it was so many different scenes and mm. happening, like showing one person in the woods and one person's at home, like because that's the. The songs in Into the Woods are really complex, and it's actually kind of... I actually really enjoyed the movie more than the stage play because there was so much... There was so much that I had missed in the musical, seeing it live, that I got out of the movie because they were able to show you what's going on at the same time, Mm -hmm. which a, a stage play can't do that, so... It did a good job of sort of visually representing all these different stories and bringing them together. Yeah. You know, the, the Into the Woods, you know. It's such a complicated story. Kind I of really... a kid's movie, but, you know. Yeah. It, it was PG. It was PG. <laughs> Basically, when they, when, they, when they run out of Disney movies and they can't keep remaking them, they just make a movie that combines them all into one. That's, yeah. That's great. Well, I mean. Just great. Into the Woods was the musical first, so. Oh, so the musical was the ripoff then. Mm. Okay. No. I see, I that's... see. Yeah. So this was the ripoff. Well, I'm gonna go with Into the Woods just because it was there was so much that went into the production of this movie. But Interstellar is a pretty good contender. Also, I don't think Grand Budapest Hotel or Imitation Game really have it here. I don't think Wes Anderson quite lived up to the bar that he set because I he's he's definitely when you talk about production design as a director, he's definitely like the guy who emphasizes oh, yeah. that the most. Yeah, he. It, but he sets the bar pretty high, and you know he's got to he's got to he's got to meet it to to win. And yeah, what do you think the issue here is? It is it that maybe we're not uh, satisfied with this film that he made? You know, it doesn't compare to his others, or just that it's it doesn't stack up to the other films on this list. You know, I don't I don't feel oh. like you know let's not sort change Grand P- Budapest Hotel because it's not one of his best films. You know, it's it's uh, that's true. It's that's true. Uh, true. Well, I mean. <coughs> I guess yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about why you don't like Grand Budapest Hotel for this one? So there were so the highest, many... the strongest proponent. There was... I thought it was what? visually very appealing. 
Wait, where did that come from? Grand this whole time, you, I thought you guys were... Why do you hate me? Wes Anderson? I don't know. I don't know. He's so weird. I, I don't know. Good. It's just so out there and not... There were so many plot holes, and I was just... For production, The whole time, yeah, I was like, what? Why is this for, happening? For stage production, like, why? You asked me why I didn't like the movie. I'm telling you why I didn't like the movie. Oh, why did you not like the stage production, oh, production in the movie? Yeah. I... You're a BCA student. You know, you got opinions. I don't know. I, right. I guess I did... Uh, well, at first I was laughing and I thought it was funny because they would get, like, they had all these close-up shots of the characters and, like, that's different and it can add a lot of comedic value, but then the entire movie was like that and I was like, all right. So, you're seeing mostly the character's face. There was, just the, wasn't enough variety of yeah, shots. Yeah, there wasn't okay. enough to show the actual production except when they I showed see. the Grand Budapest Hotel, hmm. which was visually appealing and... Right. I guess it's a pretty fair point. That's a good point, yeah. yeah there was a lot of close-ups. It wasn't really, you know, it's not really, it doesn't really show the whole scene, the whole set. Yeah. Kind of strange for Wes Anderson. Usually he's all about the wide shots. But. So, okay. what? So we're thinking, we're thinking Interstellar and Into the Woods for uh, production design? I'm thinking so, Sounds but good. I bet you they'll pick Grand Budapest Hotel. Like how do you, I have how do you a, think? He usually uh, wins for those. He yeah. usually wins. So Into the Woods was a stage play, right? You said? It was, but... I mean, this is the movie. Right, no, I'm just saying. So when you saw it, uh, you didn't see it on, like, Broadway or anything, did you? Not on Broadway, but I've seen it live. How do you think uh, the stage production was, like, applied with, like, the plays, the source material to this? Because they were able to kind of build off and do things that they couldn't do. What did the movie add to it? Yeah, did the movie add a lot to it? A ton. I Like, the stage production is over two and a half hours, which is a really long time for a musical. That means it's, like, 30-something songs. Jeez. They were able to cut out songs that um, I agreed with them cutting out, which was fine. I mean, there was like one song between um, the the baker and the father that they cut out that they probably should have not cut out because the scene was really weird and I don't know. But well, um, like in terms of like, so in well, the woods, there's like a cardboard tree and now there's like a real tree. You know right. How do, how do they kind of? Well, the trees in the stage production are part of the chorus members and they sing and stuff but mm. into the oh. woods they didn't do that like they weren't alive which huh. was nice they made it like more realistic and then okay there's a song that jack sings um giants in the sky and they were able to show what was happening when he was trying to tell the story and at the stage production i could never really visualize that so mm. so the movie gave a lot of visuals that, the, that they couldn't quite yeah. achieve with the play basically i mean it yeah did a good job um Transport or transferring it onto the silver screen. And um, same with uh, in the very beginning, Meryl Streep's first song is The Witch when she's talking about why she can't give away the beans. Like, she was able to, the movie was able to show the the baker's father stealing them and what had happened to oh, her and why she was. They could do yeah. a little more, so it wasn't just them singing it, they exactly. actually showed what they were singing about. Yeah, that's a good point, too. So. I mean, that goes good to product. Also, that yeah, could be more of a cinematography thing, though. If you think yeah. About. Well, yeah. I don't. I don't know what's gonna win for this category. They were all pretty. Well, good I'm calling Interstellar. Like I will for every category <laughs> because <laughs> it got snubbed. <laughs> hey, at least it did get some. Uh, yeah, they always they always give the inside awards. Never yeah. the top ones. Oh. Well, Maybe did you day. really think that this was going to be a contender for Best Picture? I thought it deserved to be. I really? With the history of Wes Anderson, or of, of uh, Christopher Nolan and his relationship with the Academy, oh. it's pretty obvious that he's going to get snubbed again. 
until he makes like a historical biopic or something. I would like to see cool. a Christopher Nolan biopic. Oh, I, I think he would make an interesting. They're boring though. Nolan directed. What if he had directed Jobs? No. Oh, who cares? No, nobody cares about that enough. <laughs> Steve Jobs, the twenty-first century Jesus. I have heard uh. enough about him to fill. Nolan directs Lincoln. That would have been ridiculous. That would have been. That would have been like a vampire hunter See, I, sort of movie. I think, I, sometimes I think the reason his movies don't make it to best pictures because he almost overplays things. A lot of tones, a lot of stuff. I mean, if he had like Abraham Lincoln directed by Christopher Nolan, it would be cheesy. It'd be like. Yeah. Ominous tones leading up to this big dramatic moment, yeah, and then he freeing the slaves. Would just be like be, Batman. Which, would it make? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think Ever that since those bad movies came out, it, to every other movie's credit, Interstellar kind of feels like this epic Batman yeah. sort of superhero movie, which I think he's gotten stuck doing. And, and, he yeah. has gotten stuck doing that, and I think that's why I didn't like Interstellar. I don't think much. Interstellar's like a, just a popcorn flip, though. Like, I mean, no. it deals with human emotion. Yeah. It's probably one of his most emotional films. I think he's kind of starting to pull it back a little bit. I, I like actually are, understood. I feel like this people movie. shortchanged Christopher Nolan. No. You know? Mm. I think he's just kind of pulling it back. He's kind of on steroids after Batman. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. that. Inception was a little bit, still a little bit of that, you know? I loved Inception, though. I still. Am, there's so many theories to Inception. That's why I like it so much. But there's not as many theories about Interstellar. So time travel, space time continuum. There's quite a lot of stuff going on. Mm. You didn't like. Uh, I'm still not. Her nostrils are flaring. They are not. I'm just saying that. I just. It's got the angry cat growl going. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, those are the categories we're discussing today. Uh, Next time we've got some of the music category and editing and stuff. I think we're getting into the deeper stuff here. Okay. So. That's what we've got today. Okay. All right, CM Life listeners. This has been the Academy Season, Episode 2. My name's Adrian Hedden. Uh, Sarah Roebuck. Malachi Berry. And um, we're signing off. See you next week.